question of the subject is, is evangelism. And I have to tell you that, uh, that when it comes to evangelism, when, when we hear that E word, uh, something inside of us tends to shut down. We don't want to we don't want to really hear about it. We want to be reminded of it because it just uh, makes us stressed out. We, we know we should do it. We talk about it. We, 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 we can easily tell people that that's what we're supposed to do. But when it comes right down to it, it really is a very, very difficult thing for us to do. So what I want to do this morning is I want to share with you uh, how you can do evangelism, how you can be involved in this work of sharing Christ in a way that is not as intimidating as it was for the people in this video clip. Uh, as we were watching, I just thought, well, what if, what if Lil was the evangelism linebacker? Just go around and just let people have it, Lil. What do you think? Let's just sign up for that ministry. Uh, I could tell you that uh, Stan and Lil are real evangelists. They, every time I talk to them, they're telling me about somebody that they're sharing Jesus with, and I just always, I always uh, love to hear that. Well, I want, uh, I want us to look this morning um, at, at this value, this value of sharing our faith. It is absolutely, it absolutely has to be part of who we are and what we do on a regular basis. Now, we've talked about what our values are. Let's just be quickly reminded of what, what our values are. Uh, values are a collection of guiding, usually positive principles, especially regarding personal conduct. So we recognize this morning that values determine who we are and what we do and how we live our lives. Secondly, we recognize that, that values generate our behavior, always. I, so I can tell you what you believe in. I can tell you what's important to you uh, just by watching how you live your life. I know who the most important person is in your life based on how you live your life. And you say, Pastor, is that judging? No, it's not judging. It's just all I have to do is look at your behavior, and I can quickly determine what you believe in, what your values are. And if, I, if you ever wonder why your life is the way it is, why are you struggling the way you are? Why are you in the, in the place that you're in? Well, again, these values answer the question, why people do what they do. And, and so it is with yourself. You can look at yourself and say, okay, why am I in the mess that I'm in? Why, why am I struggling the way I am? Why, is, why are my relationships not what they need to be? Well, you can quickly determine that by your values. And so uh, what we want to do, or what we've been trying to do over these numbers of weeks, is we've been trying to establish what our values ought to be as Christians. Last week we talked about serving, and we said that the most important uh, thing for us, if we want to be great in this life, is that we need to learn to be a servant. Let's just quickly be reminded of, of what our Christian values are. We're being reminded, first of all, that Jesus said, if you, if you do these things, if you carefully keep his laws, then this is evidence that we truly love him. And the, the first thing we talked about back at the beginning of November is that we need to be like Jesus. Secondly, we said that we need to walk with Jesus. We need to be part of church. We need to hang out with other believers. I mean, you see so many people who struggle in their Christian walk, so many people who keep falling backwards, so many people who, who you know, they, they, they you know, come to the altar, they, they get prayer, they come to church on Sunday, but they struggle spiritually. And it's because of who you hang out with. So if you're hanging out with people who don't love Jesus as you love Jesus, then you're going to find yourself uh, falling backward over and over and over again. If you're struggling with addictions, I'm going to tell you this, you hang out with people with the same kinds of addictions, who are practicing those addictions, you'll never overcome your addictions. 
So you need to establish these values. These values is I need to be like Jesus. Whatever I say, whatever I do, it's, it's, I've got to say, what would Jesus do? And can I just remind everybody here, uh, this is something that I struggle with as much as anybody does. This is, this is our struggle here on this. While we're on this earth, these are things that we're going to struggle with. And the reason is, is because by nature, we're very self-centered. By nature, we always take care of ourselves first. Jesus comes along, and he shows us a whole new way of living. And so we need to be reminded this morning, our values, to be like Jesus, what would Jesus do? Secondly, walk with Jesus. Make sure that we're doing our devotions. Make sure that we're praying, reading our Bibles. Thirdly, uh, to live with Jesus, be connected to other believers. And this is something that you need to do. And by the way, if you hang out with people who are not believers, people who don't know Christ, then you need to be the one influencing them. Because if they are influencing you, you're done. You're finished. You will become like them. Fourthly, we need to uh, live with Jesus forever, always living our lives with the realization that someday we're going to die uh, and, and, and either go to heaven or go to hell. Plain and simple as that. Have you, do you ever think about that? Well, you need to live with that on your mind all the time, every day. Fifthly, uh, we need to serve uh, like Jesus did. And again, remember what I said, if you want to have a great marriage, if you want to have a great family, if you want to have a great life, you want to have a great career, then you need to learn to be a servant. And the more that you serve, the greater you'll be. It's just one of the laws of the kingdom of God. This morning, I want to talk to you about loving like Jesus loved. And um, here's the thing. If you want to love like Jesus did, then you have got to show people the way to be free from the sin, the cares, the pain, the suffering of this world. I want to tell you, if you've got the answer to a person's sickness or disease, would you say that it was unloving, it was even hateful to not give them the solution or the, the medication that would make them well? Of course you would. And so Jesus is calling us to love people the way he loved them. And what did he do? He came to this earth, to show us how to live in this life. He came to this world to show us how to follow him. And, and here's the thing. If we're going to love people the way that Jesus calls us to love people, listen to me, it means that we're going to have to give people not what they think they want, not what people think they need, but we need to give them what they truly need. Does this make sense? So often, we see parents giving their kids what they think the kids need or what they think the kids want. But listen to me. Your kids cannot call the shots in your home or they will end up in trouble. And so it is with people in this world that don't know Christ. Our job is to give them and to share with them the things that they really need to turn their lives around, to give them a truly great and happy life. And Jesus says, the way that we are going to love this world is by introducing people to Jesus, to point people to Jesus. Now, look at, this, um, look at this next passage of Scripture here. And this is the passage I want to uh, uh, focus on this morning. And this is what we call the Great Commission. It, it, it's in your Bible. It's found in Matthew chapter 28, and it's verses 18 to 20. This is a passage of Scripture everybody should know off by heart. This is a passage of Scripture that you need to mark in your Bibles. This is a passage of Scripture that needs to become uh, uh, number one in your life. And I'll tell you why. Here's, here's why. Because when Jesus 
when Jesus was on this earth, he came for a purpose. And you know what the purpose was? The purpose was to reconcile human beings to the Father. Did you know that? The way that he does that is by dying on the cross for your sins and mine. And in dying on the cross, what he does is he conquers death so that death no longer has to be fearful for you, so that death no, no longer has to cause you to worry or be afraid, so that now you have the confidence that when you die, you will go to heaven. This is what, this is what Jesus' mission was. Now, he's, he's only on the earth for a short time. Um, historians say, the Bible seems to indicate that it's about 33 years. And here's what, here's what Jesus says after he's been here for, for this short length of time. He says, it's finished. I've done my job. My work is complete. Now what? Now what? Well, if you know your Bible, you know that just 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, he called his followers to meet him just outside of Jerusalem on a hill, and uh, he gave them this commission. And uh, he says, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age. And then he starts going up into heaven. And his disciples are standing there watching this, thinking, this is really cool. And he's gone for a while, and they're waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting. Now, they forgot that Jesus said, it, my, it is finished. My job's done. Angels appear, and they say to these, these disciples waiting on the hill, standing there with their heads in the sky, eyes looking up, looking for Jesus. The angels come along and say, what are you waiting for? What are you doing here? Jesus has done his work. Jesus has come to this world to love this world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have. Jesus has completed his work. Now the angel says, it's, it, now it's, it's your turn. It's your turn to get busy. It's your turn to work. And so we, we need to stop and consider this very carefully, because here's the thing. These were the last orders. These are the last marching orders. These are the, this is the last command given by Jesus to you and to me. And the question is, is what are you doing and what am I doing with this command to go into the world and make disciples of all nations? What are you doing? When's the last time that you talked to somebody about Jesus? In fact, when's the last time that you um, invited somebody to church? Jesus has called you and, you and me to partner with him in loving this world. And the way that you and I are going to truly love this world is by introducing people to Jesus. Do you understand that this morning? Well, to help you understand that, let's take a look at that first verse. If you want to just look at that, read that first verse with me. All authority, read it. Okay, let's just stop there for a moment and consider what this means. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. Now, Again, when Jesus spoke these words, he'd been resurrected from the dead for just 50 days, and he's getting ready to go into heaven. Where does this authority come from? 
And what does it mean? Well, every Easter, what do we do? We celebrate Jesus conquering death, don't we? Death no longer has to have any hold on us. Death doesn't have to make us afraid. In fact, sin doesn't have to have any hold on us anymore. Jesus has conquered sin. He's conquered death. And he's, he's secured for us that relationship with the Father. This is what we're celebrating at Easter. Um, if you read the book of Revelation, what do you discover? You discover that it is a tribute to Jesus Christ who was victorious over death and over Satan. A lot of people say, you know, I read the book of Revelation, I don't really understand what it means. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you want to understand what the book of Revelation is, look for Jesus in that book, and you will discover that Revelation is all about Jesus who is victorious, who, is, who has conquered all. There is no power, no authority, no dominion, no king, no emperor, no power in heaven and on earth that is greater than Jesus. Now stop and consider for a moment. He's commissioning his disciples. He's sending out you and me. Because remember, a disciple is somebody who's a Christ follower. He's saying to us, I have all the power, all the authority on heaven and on earth, and I'm giving it to you now, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this authority that I've got, and I want you to go love the world. I want you to go and tell the world about who I am. Now what is authority? Authority uh, can be seen in, in two ways here. It's expertise and it's power. And Jesus says he's got it all. He is the most powerful force in the universe, and he has expertise. He knows what's best for humanity. He knows better than anybody else. Now, if this is true, I've got to ask the question, what on earth has happened to the church, particularly in North America? We have forgotten that Jesus is the expert on humanity. We have forgotten all, that all power on heaven and earth belongs to Jesus. If we understood this, my friends, we would take seriously this call to win people to Christ. And so I ask you again, when's the last time you invited someone to Jesus? When's the last time that you invited someone to church? Remember, Jesus, Jesus is the expert on whatever you are going through. Do you understand that? Whatever problem, whatever difficulty, whatever struggle you're going through, Jesus is the expert. He knows how to make it right. And guess what? That friend of yours who's struggling in his marriage, that friend of you who's having a hard time in her job, that, that one who's having a hard time in their marriage and family, Jesus is the expert. He knows how to make it right. And so listen to me. It's in this authority that we go forward and we share Jesus with people because Jesus has the answers. Jesus can make it right. Jesus can fix it. Jesus can make it better. But you have to understand your job is to point people to Jesus. And you have that authority. You have that understanding. Now, I've got to tell you this. Some of us don't really believe this. And I'm going to tell you, this has been our biggest problem in North America, is that we think maybe that there are other ways, that there are other ways to fix the problems that we feel that we have in society today. Jesus is the expert. My brother, um, my brother is a, a journeyman plumber. Uh, he wasn't always a journeyman plumber. He was uh, what we call an apprentice. 
Did you know that the disciples were really apprentices when they were following Jesus around? They, they were watching what Jesus was doing. They were listening to what Jesus was saying. They were, um, they were learning from him. They're learning the ropes, so to speak. And Jesus even gave them a chance to try out praying for people a little bit. But they were essentially apprentices. Now listen to me. After three years of hanging out with Jesus, Jesus says, now I have all authority and I pass it on to you. you are, what he's saying is you are no longer apprentices. You are now journeymen. In other words, you now have the expertise and you have the power that you need to go into all the world and introduce them to Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying here. Now, I'm going to tell you this this morning. When are you going to go out with the expertise and the power that you have received from Christ? When are you going to go out and win people for, Jesus, for Christ? Now, I want to tell you this. You don't have to do it the way the linebacker asked you to do it. And we're, I, I, don't worry. I'm not going to be hiding behind trees coming after you to knock you over when you hesitate. But whether or not you should tell someone about Christ, I won't do that to you. But I can tell you this this morning. Listen, if you are convinced, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is the only solution, is the only answer to the needs of this world, I'm going to tell you, my friends, it will come very natural and very easy for you. I'm going to tell you, the more convinced, the more convicted you are that Jesus Christ is the answer to the problems, the cares, the worries, the problems in this world, the more that you are going to function in his authority and in his power. Um, with Kerry's expertise and with his um, knowledge, he has been empowered by this province and by the country to practice his art, plumbing. And you can giggle at that. Oh, is it an art? You can, call, you, can, you can giggle at it if you want. But Kerry has taken that expertise and the power that has been given to him by the province, and he's created quite, quite uh, a successful company. I'm gonna tell, let, now, now I, want you to see the, I want you to see the parallel here, because here's the thing. Is that when you, when you go forward in the expertise and the power that God has given you, then, my friends, you will be successful in Christ's service. Does this make sense? But our problem is that we, we're afraid to step forward. We're afraid to do the job. And I tell you, when, when, whenever I went out with my dad to do plumbing, he would say, Alan, I want you to go in there. I want you to take that boiler apart. I want you to clean the flues out, scrub it really good. Then I want you to, 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 to check the gas lines and make sure that they're not leaking. How do I check the gas lines? Well, you could light a little fire beside it. And I'd get on, I'd get on the phone and say, Carrie... <laughs> Dad said I'm supposed to light a fire beside the gas switch on the... F and Carrie would say, Alan, don't worry about it. Do this, do this, do this, do that, 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 and this, and the other thing. And with that expertise, now I have the authority to go and do what I need to do. Now let the Spirit of God speak to your heart. You don't have to be afraid to tell people about Jesus. You don't have to be afraid to invite people to Christ. Because here's the thing. What you have is an expertise. You have a knowledge. You have an understanding that what your friends need are Jesus, is Jesus. And what your kids need is Jesus. This is, parents, this is why it's so important that you force your kids to go to church. This is why it's so important that you force your kids 
And it sounds ridiculous to say that, because even as I'm saying it, I'm thinking all the, ed all the educators of the world would say I was, I was insane to suggest such a thing. But here's the thing. When my kids were sick, and they needed, they had a high fever, guess what I did? I suggested that maybe they would like to take some medication. Did I do that? <laughs> no, I said, Gloria, hold her mouth open, I'm going to shove it down their throat. Why? Because I love my kids, and I know what's best for them. I've earned my stripes as a parent. I have the expertise and I also have the power to do what's best for my kids. And here's the thing, friends. This is exactly what God wants us to do in this world that we live in. It's broken. Would anybody agree with me today that our world is absolutely broken? How many would say it needs fixing? How many would say it's, it's, it's going down the drain real fast? I'm telling you, the only solution is Jesus. But we, we apologize for that, and we don't want to you know, push it on too hard. We want to just sort of step back um, and maybe, maybe get, get the help from, from other experts on what's best for the world. And so we appeal to, to all kinds of other authorities. I want to tell you, when Carrie is asked to come in and do a plumbing job, he doesn't phone lawyers and, and doctors and surgeons and he doesn't consult with teachers or, or psychologists. He's the expert. He goes in and fixes it. He gets the job done. Why is it that we as Christians cannot go forward in the authority that Jesus has given us, the expertise and the power to share the answers to people's deepest needs? So this morning, what the Spirit of God is saying to us is that you and I have what we need to go forward and share that good news. And all you have to do is say to your friend who's struggling, have you tried Jesus? <laughs> have you tried going to church? Would you like to come to church with me? Do you know what? A survey was done. Do you know that a full 80% of the people who do not go to church, when asked, would you go to church, if someone, if someone asked you, they said, yes. 80% <laughs> of, of people who do not go to church will go to church if someone came along and said, would you come with me? But you see, we've lost our confidence, our boldness. We no longer believe that we have the power that can actually transform people's lives. And we don't think that Jesus has the expertise to fix people's lives. Would, would, would you let the Spirit of God speak to your heart this morning and remind you of the calling that's upon your life to change this world around? And that, my friends, is going to come when you take seriously the authority that you have in Christ. Now, Jesus has this authority, and, and, and listen, look, at, look what he tells us to do with this authority. He says, um, go ahead. He says, go and make disciples. Did you notice a therefore, by the way? Whenever there's a therefore, you need to see what it's there for. And it's, it's, the therefore is there because of the authority that we have. Now, Jesus is saying, because of this authority, therefore, this is what you need to do. You need to go and make disciples of all nations. But would you read that with me? Baptizing them in the... And, next verse, and, okay, here's the thing. So we have the, Jesus has given us the authority to go forward and love people in the manner that, that will best serve them. And now Jesus has commissioned us. He's given us the authority, now he's commissioned us. What we mean by this is simply this. He has sent us out to go and love the world. Did you know that? 
Jesus has sent you and me out to go and evangelize. Is that what the Bible says, to go and evangelize the world? No, it says go and make disciples. Did you notice that? Look at what it says there. So this is where everybody freaks out. They think, I've got to go and knock on doors and be, pretend I'm a Jehovah's Witness. No, that's not what I'm telling you to do. Jesus didn't just say go and evangelize. He said go and make, make disciples. I'm going to tell you this. Evangelism has gotten a bad rap because what, it, what it's perceived as by the world is simply people who think that they're better than us coming and preaching at us. Isn't that right? In fact, that's why we're a little bit nervous about, about evangelism because we're afraid that people are going to think we're just coming and we're preaching at them. And we're just... But no, that's not what Jesus is telling us. Jesus is telling us to go and actually make disciples. And this is far harder work. Billy Graham said that 10% of the work is is doing the evangelism, that the 90% of the work is actually making disciples. And so here's the thing. You and I are called by God to go into the world, tell them about Jesus, but don't stop there. Love them, work with them, care for them, and teach them, show them how to be a Christ follower. When I was at the district conference back just a few months ago, um, the superintendent told us about one of the young guys in our district who was uh, winning two people to Christ every day. And, uh, and, so, and he's been doing that for a year. So um, two people a day. I thought, well, that's cool. Uh, my question then, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's after a few years of being in the ministry and knowing um, that it's really not as difficult, or not, not as easy as it, as it sounds, that would, mean to, that would mean that if he was winning two people to, to Christ every day, and he's done that for a year, how many people would there be? But 730 people. And my question is, where are those 730 people? And so here's the thing. God is calling you and me not just to go and sort of, you know, bomb people with, with, with evangelistic tracts, you know, throw a tract at them and, and, and just walk away. Jesus wants us to engage people. And he wants us to engage the people around us. Now, by the way, I'm going to tell you this. There's nothing wrong with tracks. Not if they're used properly. You need to take that track, and you need to go and engage people. You need to go and become friends with them. You've got to go and care for them. You've got to go and love them. Remember, that's what Jesus has called us to do. He's called us to go and love the world. What does it say in the very first verses of the book of John? Jesus left heaven, and he came and did what? He came and pitched his tent among us. He came to dwell with us. He came to live with us. That's exactly what God's calling you and I to do. He's calling us to actually care about the people in our life, to enter into where they are, and to invite them into our space. But that's, that takes work. That's the hard part. That's the part that a lot of us are kind of afraid of. That's the part where, you know, I can't really be bothered with that. And yet, my friends, this is what Jesus calls us to do. When's the last time you've invited somebody into your home so that they could experience the love of Christ? When's the last time you invited somebody to church so that they could experience the love of Christ? When I was in Bible school, one of the things that we had to do, and it was required in our course, is that we had to go out and we had to do evangelism. And what we had to do is we had to go knock on doors and share our faith with people. And I'm going to tell you, this is the big scary thing for all kids in the first year of Bible college because you can't graduate unless you, unless you do this, unless you go through this class. And so being a shy person 
and I'm a very shy person, uh, this was, this was going to be tough for me. And so I just, I remember falling on my knees before God and prayed. How many know you have to, you got to ask God for help? How many know you can't do this in your own strength? You need, again, you need the power of Jesus. All authority has been given to me, therefore go. How many know today you need the power of God? When's the last time you prayed for somebody in your life that doesn't know Christ? That's precisely what you got to do. And so I got on my knees and I said, God, I gotta, if I'm going to become a pastor, if I'm going to become a preacher, then I have to be an evangelist. I've got to be able to share my faith. Jesus, would you please help me? And I went with my partner and we went knocking on doors. Rejection. 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 And I said, Jesus, <laughs> didn't I ask for your help? And you know what Jesus said to me? Didn't I tell you to go? The Spirit of God spoke to my heart. Alan, the results are my problem. They're not your problem. Your job is just to obey me and go and love people. And so I knocked on doors. Finally, someone opened the door. And they said, uh, uh, why don't you please come in? And I haven't even told them yet what I'm there for. And I'm thinking, as soon as I, t- as soon as I tell them what I'm there for, they're going to kick me out. But I said, okay, um, I'm just going to be straight with you. I, I'm in training to be a minister. And one of the things that we have to do, <laughs> one of the things we have to do is we have to go and, uh, and tell people about Jesus. And the lady said, oh, okay. And I said, really? <laughs> she said, sure. So I sat down with my partner, and um, I began to share with her a little bit about who Jesus is. And I shared my testament about how God had changed my life and what a difference God had made in my life. And then I said to her, I said, would you like to ask Jesus into your heart? Would you like to have what I have? And you know what she said? Yes. And I said, really? <laughs> she said, yes, I would. And right then and there, I was just about, what was I, 18 years old, I led this, this lady to Christ. And then the Spirit of God spoke to my heart and said, Alan, it's not finished. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying, okay, God, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> and and the, the Holy Spirit prompted my heart and said, invite her to church. Invite her and her family to church. And so I thought, thought quick, what's the closest church to her? And that was at, at that time Westside. So I said, I'd like to invite you to church. And she came, and as far as I know, to this day, she's still attending church with her family. And I want you to recognize something. It doesn't stop at just sharing the gospel with people. Folks, you have to invite them into the family. You've got to invite them into your space. Because this is what true love is. You know, this is, this is something that we've been trying to do at this church for a lot of years. We've got, we've got people here today because of, because of Alpha. We've invited people in so that they could hear about Jesus. We've given them something to eat. We became their friends. And they saw they experienced, they tasted something of the Christian life, the Christian family. And we've got people here today because of that. We've, we, we've had events at our church. We've had the Christmas event. We've had the Easter event. We've had um, Thanksgiving dinners here. We've, we've, we've tried whatever we could to get the walls down between the church and the community to invite people in. We've got Christmas Eve service. I can tell you this. There's lots of things I could be doing on Christmas Eve. Why do I do it? 
because I need something else to do because I'm bored on Christmas Eve. I'm just like you. I've got things to do. I've got presents to wrap. We do it so that we can open the doors of our church and invite people in to experience life in the family of God. This is what we're all about. And this is why we've got this Christmas event coming up. And I, when I say to you, like, invite somebody, I'm not just saying that because I want to fill up tables. I'm, do, I'm telling you to invite somebody because this is an opportunity to invite people into our family so that they can experience the love that takes place in our family. You say, Pastor, is this biblical? Well, if you're asking that question, you obviously have not read Acts chapter 2. Because Acts chapter 2 is all about how many, many thousands of people came to Christ because they were invited in to experience the family of God, loving each other and worshiping God. Evangelism, sharing your faith, winning people to Christ, does not have to be an onerous experience. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be something that you're scared of. If you understand that what you're doing is inviting people to experience the love of Christ, you're inviting them into your family. This is what we are. We talked about this a few weeks ago, about being devoted to the family of God. Now, you need to invite people into our family so that they can experience firsthand that we're not a bunch of green-eyed, two-headed monsters here, that we're just like them, only that we have found life and we have found hope and peace through Jesus Christ. Can I ask you a question this morning? Will you invite somebody to come to church? To come to the Christmas event? No pressure. It's no stress. We won't have an altar call. We won't be, we won't be slaying anybody in the spirit. We won't have anybody uh, hanging or swinging from the shadow. No, we'll just come on and enjoy the life of our church. Can you do that? Can you invite somebody to Christmas Eve service? Again, a non-threatening place to discover Believers loving Jesus and being loved by Christ. This is what Jesus is calling us to do. This past week, um, I met together with some of the ministers of the area. It was the first time that we've had been able to do this. A priest and a Salvation Army officer, a United Church pastor, an Anglican priest, uh, and charismatic minister, this whole collection of these ministers together. And we started sharing with them, with each other, about what's happening in our churches. Now, I, I was a little embarrassed because, because uh, how can I say this? I'm embarrassed in a, in a good way, in the sense that I didn't want them to feel that we were bragging or showing off or whatever. But here's, here's, what, here's what came out of it. Here's what came out of it. Is that... Is that a lot of these ministers and, and priests and, and whatnot are trying to, trying to do programs that will try to solve the crime in the area. We're trying to do programs to help alleviate some of the suffering, whatever. And it's, it's all good. It's, it's not bad. But what we forget is that the real answer to the needs of the human beings in our area, the real answer for the youth and the children in our area is not another program. And it's not politicians, no offense, <laughs> Kevin. They wanted to engage some of the political people, Pat Martin and, and Judy Washer Lisa Lease, and, and, uh, and, and, and even, even the mayor. We're going to change this. Listen, the answer, my friends, is Jesus. 
When people come to know Jesus Christ, there's a heart change. And when there's a heart change, they begin to trust Jesus. And that's how our culture, that's our society, that's how our families and our marriages are healed. We have a job to do. And this needs to be, listen to me, this has to be one of your values, your guiding values. You have to love people enough to share Jesus with them. Because if you don't share Jesus with them, then you cannot truly say that you love them. Because Jesus is the only answer. Do you believe that today? This is why we have our Kids Club program and our Sunday school. I, actually, I didn't call it a program. I call it ministry. Because that's what we're ministering to the hearts of these people. We have our Kids Club. We have a youth ministry, seniors ministry. We're caring for people's lives. And this is how we want to see families transformed and changed. You will see in the foyer, in the atrium, uh, when you leave, we have a kiosk set up for Zambia. Because we believe that what this world needs is Jesus. And I want to invite you, if you're interested in going with us to Zambia in, in August, would you sign up for that, put your name on that list? And we want to go and bring to them the love of Christ because we believe with all our hearts that Jesus is still the only answer. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that Jesus is the answer for your neighbor, for those people at work, for your children? Then you need to invite them to come and experience Christ for themselves. Would you stand with me, please? Father, we want to say thank you right now that you have saved us and that you have called us into your family. We want to say thank you that we have the promise of eternal life. We want to say thank you, Lord, that you have healed marriages and healed families and healed broken hearts. We want to thank you, God, that you have set people free from addictions and you have set people free from, from bad habits. You have rescued, you have rescued so many here this morning and God we know that there's a whole world out there that are waiting for us to step up to the plate to introduce them to Jesus and God it's it's not it's not our problem or it's not our uh, our responsibility to make them respond you've told us Lord that you sent your Holy Spirit to, to work on the hearts of people and our job is just to go and share that good news with them, to share the, our love with them. God, help us to love the way Jesus loved. Help us to go and invite people in, to, to envelop them, to surround them with love, to embrace them, so that they will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is what they need. And we thank you now, Lord, for the opportunities that we have here to carry out your command. We've got this Christmas event We've got the Zambia event. We've, we've got uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, we've got Alpha. We've got Kids Club and Sunday School. And we've got youth and seniors ministry. And it goes on and on. God, help us to use these as opportunities to introduce people to Jesus. And we pray that in your name. Now make your faces shine upon each one and give peace until we meet again. And everyone said it? Would you?